I nearly had to cut Eddie off there because I'm that excited to get into today's episode. It is the Punch Podcast with Jabe and episode 25 starts now. Some news before we do get to today's guest. Obviously, we saw over the last couple of weeks, Usyk and Joshua. Usyk successful now. Tyson Fury wants him for $850 million. Said, look, I'll come out of retirement. I'll fight you, but I want close to a billion dollars to do it. You'd absolutely pass that one off. Who's paying that? Surely there's no sponsorships or anything left in the sport if you can afford to pay someone that much money. So we'll watch this space and see what happens there. Obviously, Devin Haney's now said, guess what, George? I'm coming back. Round two, it's happening. George Cambosis, Devin Haney, October 16, Rod Laver Arena. That's going to be really good. The smaller venue, I think, is going to really, really help George to get that bit more connection to the crowd and the madness and just stay out of the media and just focus on beating Devin Haney, which I think that's what he's going to do. He hasn't really spoken to anyone other than the press conference, but it's going to be a great fight regardless. It's going to be mad in that stadium as well. I'm not sure if they've thought about this or not, but Rod Laver does have the option to open the roof. So if it's an awesome Sunday afternoon in Melbourne that day being October, it might be a bit warm. It'd be good to have that roof open and a big open air world title fight in Australia. So Fingers crossed. We'll see what happens there with that one. We also, the night before, actually, in Brisbane, the first ever matchroom boxing card. A few of the fighters already from that card have been right here on the Punch Podcast. So have a scroll back and hear Sky Nicholson and Brock Jarvis. Brock Jarvis, the main event, trained by Hall of Famer, three-division world champ, easily one of the biggest sporting icons this country's ever produced. He is coming straight out of Marrickville and into the Punch Podcast. I'm really pumped to have you on here, mate. Thanks a lot. Jeff Fennick. Mm, thanks a lot. <laughs> all good. I appreciate you coming on. This is this is awesome to chat to you, mate. How are you going? No, they're all good. I'm just really busy with our young Brock Jarvis getting ready for our, yeah, the biggest fight of his life. So, yeah, we're working really hard. And, um, yeah, we're very, very confident. But, yeah, we're, yeah like I said, um, the preparation so far has been great. And, yeah, we're looking forward to um, October the 15th in Brisbane. Yeah, that's going to be good. They've officially changed the date too because it obviously was September. Does that change anything for your preparations for him or, or is it all just business as usual? Ah, we're always we're ready, so um, you know we um, don't want to do too much. I don't want to overdo it. And, um, yeah, so yeah, look, um, we've had a few days off here and there, but yeah, everything's back on schedule now. And yeah, we're working really hard towards the fifteenth of October in Brisbane. Now, and on match room, it's going to be big. <laughs> I saw the press conference where you were a little shocked that you did get the call, and obviously with the DiCarlos and whatever else, you got a close connection there. Was it was it a fight that obviously you weren't looking for? Didn't think it happened, but. Was it a bit of a weird call to get? Yeah, definitely so. Because I never, never, ever, ever, ever <laughs> thought about Brock fighting Liam. But then I obviously understand why Eddie's done that. He you know, he has two guys in the same division that uh, you know he's paying money to, and he wants to he wants to keep the best one. You know, see which one's the best, which is uh, you know pretty easy mathematics. Uh, you know, uh, two minus one gives you one, and you'll have the best one now after this fight. We're looking forward to it. You know, it was a very very hard thing for me to to stay um, yes to at the start. But like I said, that's, you know, um, when, you, when you think of it, 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 for me, it was an amazing opportunity for Brock. Um, of course, we, we had an easier road than Liam. We've never fought that division, but we, you know, we've got that opportunity straight away. And, you know, of course, I was going to take it. I mean, look, um, um, and it, well, if I said no, what were we going to do? What was Eddie going to say? So, um, yeah, yeah, I said yes. And then, um, look, um, 
my, my friendship, my relationship with the Carlos is the same. My, my respect for Liam and all those guys is the same. And I just, yeah, I'm, I'm doing a job to make sure that Brock wins the fight. It's my job. Well, he's been doing awesome. I've been watching him obviously over the last few years. He's just been getting better and better, changing a few weight classes because his body's growing like wildfire. Even at the weigh-in, he looked like a middleweight, if not super middleweight. So uh, is he is he on track? Do you think uh, he's going to have any issues with the weight? Because he is growing and he, he looks like an like. A chiselled weapon. If boxing doesn't work out for him, he could always be like a body double for Superman or something like that. But look, I think it is. Yeah, when I when you think of it, he's gone up eight weight divisions. <laughs> he's done a Manny Pacquiao, you know. But um, uh, you know, no belts yet. But um, this will be um, you know our first um, bench into this division. But like, yeah, he's you know, he'll, he'll make weight no problem. We sparred just yesterday against three different opponents. We only done eight rounds because that's all the boys could do because he was putting so much pressure on them. They were all bigger than him, so. Look, we're, we're everything good, and, and yeah, like I said, I, and again, I would not have look. I wouldn't have taken the fight if I didn't think we could win, you know. So um, that's my job to assess, uh, yeah, what 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 Brock's chances are. Look, and um, no disrespect to Liam or anybody else, but I think Brock's a huge chance of you know and upsetting um, the the cards because everybody's thinking Liam's going to win. Yeah, you know, I don't know why, but um, yeah, like I said, every time he's gone up, he's done the job, and I think he'll do it again. Don't you think uh, the debut in America, he was a little let down on that personally, although he got the victory, it just looked a little bit flat after the fight. However, I went and watched it again maybe three weeks ago, and I thought he performed quite well, although maybe at the time because uh, old mate there was rattling him for a little bit, but he found his feet, he stayed up and came home and won, and that's what boxers do, they fight. It's not easy, and they win, and that's what happens. So yeah, I thought he would go well. Yeah, listen, if I'm going to give him a rating out of ten, I want to give him twenty out of ten. When you when you've been beat up, yeah. when you've been beat up for like um, a minute and a half and nearly stopped, you know, and the referee, you know, if he stopped, what, what could you have said? But he didn't. He gave us a benefit of the doubt, and, and we proved him right. Uh, you know, um, you've been beat up, then you go and sit down in your corner. You've got one minute, and well, I had one minute to either you know tell, and I didn't try to tell Brock anything. What to do? What I try to do is. Make him recover, give him some water, make him breathe, and and send him back out to somebody who just beat you up for a minute and a half. It's a it's the toughest thing in the world. You can see somebody beating the shit out of you for a minute and a half, and you got to go back out and face this guy again. But he done it. He turned it straight around. That's the quality of Brock. That's the, the self belief in Brock Jarvis, and, and 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 that was me too. I mean, had I had any other fighter, who knows? I'm, I'm, I would have thrown the towel in, but because I I know Brock, I know how hard he works, I know how after when, when we got the, the break that um. He would recover very quickly because of his fitness, and yeah, I was supremely confident that he could do what he done. Did you have it near your hand? I know for a, with the Jack Brubaker fight, you maybe had it there for maybe 10, 15 yeah. seconds before you launched yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, well, I, I, I was thinking about that as well. Yeah. But, well, uh, yeah. For me, I, I'm, I'm always the guy who'd rather do it early than late. Yeah. Um, thank God that nothing happened to Brock, and um, I was proven right. You know, people can say what they want, you know. Uh, but like I said, that performance uh, for Brock, you know, the, the, for me was was amazing. Mm. He didn't uh, listen. I would I would have preferred him taking knee, but he's that kind of guy. Has with too much pride. If he would have taken a knee, ten seconds, he would have got back up and recovered, and he would have been okay. But um, he uh, he fought it out. Didn't like like you said. Didn't touch the canvas. He has never done that, and uh, you know, he, he turned the fight around, which like I said was quite amazing for me. Yeah, well, look, we can't wait to see how this one rolls out in uh, Queensland. So we are we are hanging for that. So just with training him and stuff like that, obviously, I was thinking about it recently. Like, let's say random sports, I don't know, surfing. Their technology's got a lot better. Their boards are quicker. There's all that other stuff. Footy is, they've probably got back-end stuff happening there. From you in the 80s and 90s to Brock now in... 2022 is is it much different because it almost feels like from the outside who's who's not doing it that the sport's 
it's the same old, same old. But is there any well, changes? There are, there are a lot. Well, there are a lot of people who are trying to change it, and they think that you know, um, changes that because everything else has changed. Boxing is a simple sport out there. We've got six or eight punches totally, and and you know, in the old days, guys ran in the morning, they they box in the afternoon. And look, obviously, the the thing that is the biggest thing for me in the change is, is trying to make sure that the boys aren't getting too hurt in sparring. And because you know, back in the day, you get dropped, you get up, you get dropped, you get up, sparring, or you get knocked down. And they're concussions, and it's not good. So I've got to, I've got to think of these kids, not in the ring, I've got to think of their life after boxing. So that, that for me has changed a little bit. Look, um, the methods for me, is, you know, uh, I'm, I'm does his road work in the morning, we box in the afternoon. He doesn't do any of all this, you know, stuff with strength trainers. He's, you know, you know, some people need strength. Brock doesn't need that. Brock's as strong as any, and I think strength comes from, you know, balance and being in the right position. And then, um, you know, I think that we should be teaching. Well, we need teachers who can teach that, not trainers who just train people and tell people what to do. We need the people who can show these kids what to do. And I'm, you know, like I said, I'm not saying I'm the greatest trainer in the world, but I don't, I don't tell Brock what to do. I show him what to do, make make sure that he's feeling good about it, and then and we go on with it. But like I said, I've seen some of these trainers they t- talking about that um, because of technology and because of diet and because of that boxers are better taste. Jeez, tell you what, if a boxer that I've watched over the last ten years. Could compete with the with the Roberto Durans, the Ray Leonard's, the Tommy Hearns, the Haglers, and the, and the Tyson that he's been. Yeah, I haven't seen a fight in my life. It, it, for me, boxing is um, not as good as it is um, or today that, than it was. You know, twenty years ago, because of these stupid changes and because people think that um, you know we, we've got to do these other things. But like I said, boxing for me is really simple. It's like I said, and I'm not saying yeah, of course there are things that that I've implicated and, and, and done yeah, to yeah to think that it's going to make Brock fitter and stronger but yeah it's not like I don't I don't do it in another session I, what I try to do is I try to um, lock it all down that we do two sessions a day and, uh, you know and sometimes you might do something a little bit extra but yeah I, I don't like it. I'm not a big fan of it an interesting thing you spoke about there was um, life after boxing where as yourself you've managed to carve quite a great career out of it obviously being one of the greats it's a little bit easier but you are there you've obviously been in commentary you're training you're still very much around the sport in your life you haven't gone off and, and been a late life plumber or anything like that you've actually stayed in the sport which is amazing so because it has made a resurgence in probably the last five years or so are you enjoying seeing where the sport's at because some of the shows now are red hot. Oh, look, to be honest, it's crazy. You see, look, yeah, look um, what George Kimbosa's done. Show that's as big as Buster Douglas beating Mike Tyson. <laughs> but like I said, what you've got to realise is that's one fight, you know. And you know, in our whole state, I think George got a little, little carried away. God love him, and God, you know, he's done an amazing thing. But hey, listen, it's about longevity. It's about winning and defending, and and that that that's how you get respect. I mean, you get respect. Forget about belts. Respect is when your peers respect you. And when I see Mike Tyson on training or Evander Holyfield or Lenny Stewart, they're always great friends. They all, they all talk about how great I was. That's when you know you made it, you know? Not because you just win one fight. Like Buster Douglas beat Mike Tyson. Who talks about him? Nobody. They talk about they him talk as the about... guy that won one fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like I said, like I said I'm, I'm just hoping that George can get back on, the, on, on, that, on, that, on that bike and, and, and do this again. It'll be very hard for him. But um, like I said, for what he done and what Jeff Horn done and uh, you know, but all, again, you all these guys. When Jeff Horn won, he's trainer saying he's the greatest Australian fighter ever, and well, all this kind of stuff. Listen, and it's great to say that, but listen, it's, it's like I said, just take it one fight at a time and let these guys, you know, yeah, you know, of course, enjoy their time at the top. But yeah, like you know, it's not all get carried away. And you know, like for me, I look at I look at boxing this way. And 
Johnny Famishon just died not long ago. And they asked me about it. I said, listen, if my name can be mentioned beside that man, then it's an honour. Then, then I know I've done something. What, what, you know, when we talk about champions, and oh, his qualities as a champion outside the ring, far outweigh his championship qualities in the ring. And I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, give, I, I love him more for the man that I met outside of boxing than you know, the guy that I watched fight, you know. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just different to everybody else. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, you know, of course I know I can fight and I, I know what I've done, but I would ne- never ever say that Australia's greatest ever fighter because we've had so many great fighters, you know? Yeah, and we're seeing them start to blossom as well. But they, like you said, that longevity, the defending, and that's what makes a true champion. Like there's, there's, a, there's a puncher's chance and then there's a champion that goes in and each and every week gets that done. And that's what obviously what yeah. you did over such a, a great career and that's why you're... I don't know, the biggest name in Australian sport, pretty well, much. Well, yeah, man, like I said, uh, but, yeah, and like I said uh, that's great, but it doesn't bother me. Like I said, for me, when I get off a plane and I'm, I'm at, a, at, a, at a function, I'm at an event, if they had Holyfield will come and let's go out and do something, <laughs> Jeff, I want to be the champ, or Lennox, or, 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 or Tyson, that, then, then and Roberto Duran, I was just at a wedding last year, and last year, this year, Susie, the wedding was this year, yeah, or, yeah this year in February in Mexico, and Roberto Duran was there as well, when he, ah, oh, he made me feel like he made me feel like a Bernard Ah, champion Jeff Finnegan, I love him. He's the best. He's going to say that. I mean, that's when you know you made it. I mean, honestly, when when you when the, when your peers respect you, and not just your peers, but the peers who are maybe the greatest fighters in history, when they give you their own respect and stuff, then you think, wow, yeah, I've done good in this sport, and that's, that's how I feel. Because I, like I said, I've been able to train Mike Tyson. I've been able, like I said, travel the world with all these great fighters, and yeah, and and yeah. That's what I love about the sport. That's that's what I love the most. Not my belts are great, but I give anybody that needs them for a charity. If something happened to somebody's family, my belts would be there straight away. I don't I mean I, I know what I've done. I don't, I don't need a belt to show um, for my success. You know. Yeah, you speak on Mike Tyson there. That's one thing we share in common. I'm like oh, I love him. I met him very, very, very briefly once. Obviously, your relation with him as a best friend is a little different. <laughs> what was the first time you ever locked eyes with Mike Tyson and said, "Hi, I'm Jeff Fennick." Yeah. I didn't say that. It was the craziest thing. I've just been given an award. I got the runner-up boxer in the world. Um, I think it would be 86 or 87, could have been. And um, I'm there, I'm standing there, and uh, everybody's there. Mike Tyson, Don King walk in really late. And he sees me, ah, Jeff Finney, my favourite. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, so it was, uh, it was such a huge buzz, you know. Uh, I was like a little kid in the kids. I was just melted, you know. Knowing my name, Jeff Finney. Oh, you're my favourite fighter. You know, from the screen, it was crazy, you know. Yeah. And uh, ever since then, where we, uh, yeah, I, you know, followed him. I blessed to afford on his undercard, where we you had an amazing um, time together, a relationship that really grew. And yeah, you sort of seem to be the guy that he reached out to when things got really tough. Like you were the one that sort of bring him back to, like, I helped him, I guess. Yeah, well, like I said, um, yeah. My my um, motivation definitely was never making money from Mike. My motivation was just trying to help Mike look after him because I knew that he was at the end and I knew what he needed and I tried my best to be that person. You know, and Mike, at the end of the day, he obviously made the calls from the boss, but he obviously believed in me a lot. And, yeah, it took me all around the world with him and now, uh, yeah, we done lots of special things together. Still to this day, um, you know, I, um, uh, I love his friendship and, um, you know, my life with him yeah, was was. was Quite amazing, you know, having the opportunity to, yeah, to sit with him and, yeah, travel with him and, yeah, it was very, very amazing. Yeah, huge. Like we talk about Muhammad Ali. I remember, like, I'd be in the room with him. He'd move the curtain in his room and all these people down there would be screaming, waiting for him to come out with 
get in the car to, in London to drive with the traffic. That that run a mile up the road just touching the car to see him yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, what a huge influence Mike Tyson's had on the world of sport in general. It's crazy. I've always sort of been in his corner, well, uh, no pun intended, um, about him. I've always thought that he's the most famous person ever. Like, I think there's three. I think Michael Jackson, Michael Jordan, and Mike Tyson, the Mikes. I don't even reckon Gandhi's as big as bloody Mike Tyson like, <laughs> worldwide. I don't know. Do you, would you Would you agree at all? Like with that? Yeah, no, I agree with it a, a, a lot. And also, look, you know, you've got, you've got to think of Ali, but the, uh, yeah. And, you know, uh, yeah. And, then, and then you've got some of these amazing soccer players, they, the Ronaldo's and those kind of guys. But when, yeah, when you think of all round, yeah, you've got you, Jordan, um, he's Jordan, but then uh, Tyson, he's, he's right up that alley, yeah. brother. Well, you've definitely seen some stuff in this sport, haven't you? Just blessed them, you know. Yeah, blessed to have found the sport of boxing because it's, um, you know, I wanted to play rugby league all my life and I found boxing. Do you ever uh, regret you didn't get an Eels grand final through the NRL if you <laughs> progressed? <laughs> oh, man, I'd, listen, listen, listen. I'd give every build of mine away to play. Just to play for New York or Parramatta in first way in the grand final. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was, that was all I ever wanted to do as a kid. You know, that's all I ever wanted to do, you know. But, uh, yeah, I, was, I look, like I said, I walked in the youth club and met a man by the name of Johnny Lewis and he changed my life, you know. Yeah. You know, you know, you know, so I don't know if I could have done it with anybody else. And the the discipline, the love, and the, the respect that he showed me had made me fall in love with with the sport of boxing. And that's all I wanted to do. I wanted to, I wanted to make him proud. And everything that he kind of, yeah, this is a very similar story you might like. Because Mike Tyson talks exactly the same about Customato. He said when I started, this, you know, I thought I can do anything. Like Customato said, you know, Mike, if you train, we you you could be this. You could, and every time we, we set this little goal. Mike was achieving those goals. It was exactly the same with me, with Johnny Lewis. Johnny would say, Jeff, you know, you could be state champion. I became state champion, Australian champion. I went to the Olympics, something like, gee, you know. My, my, my only trip overseas was jump on a ferry from Circle Key to Manly. That was my day. That was me going overseas. All of a sudden, I'm traveling the world because this old man, or my trainer, had this self-belief and told me that I could do these things. I believed them. I worked hard and everything came into fruition, you know? My memories as a kid is obviously watching yourself. Well, this is, I'm probably 10 years of age, but because I'm a Central Coast uh, person that I remember seeing Johnny Lewis. I think this might've been the Costa era though, but I remember him having the Gosford City Motors on his shirt and he's fighting, he's, he's training someone in Vegas, probably Costa at that time. Yeah, but it would I, have been yeah, 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 and yeah. I remember just going, oh, I was a little kid, oh, he's got Gosford on his shirt in Las Vegas and like used to just well, wig Johnny, out. Johnny and I both had houses at, at, at Kilcare Beach. Oh, beauty. I had, I, had a, I had a house on Kilcare Beach and Johnny, I think Johnny still has his mm. on the bay at Kilcare, yeah. I don't want to freak you out, but you're officially talking to the under sevens, Killcare Surf Lifesaving Champion. Under sevens. Yeah. There you go. So there you go. <laughs> Everyone's a great on this podcast today. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you know what I did watch the other day on Fox Sports KO? They've got the lost tapes for you or something like that. Yes, yes, yes. I watched yes. your fight at the Horden in eighty uh, six, I'm gonna guess, roughly the first the first world title, the band and weight one, eighty five. Eighty five, eighty five, yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I just love like you see it, it's a world title, but then oh, he's straight back off to Marrickville RSL. Yeah, back <laughs> to the Marrickville Hotel there, yeah. Old yeah. Sydney, I guess, with the underbellies, the cross in full swing, being the elite sportsman at that time, was it an interesting time to be a part of? Oh, definitely so. Half the half the underworld were there. They were ringside and uh, you know, everybody loved the, the fights back those days and yeah, it was just like, uh, yeah, it was crazy. I mean, I'd met all those people and to be honest, then, some of the nicest people I've met, you know, they, those Guys from from the, the, those days, like you know, uh, the, the, um, Nettie Smith, the Stan 
Stan, uh, the man, and all. They just I, I met them all through obviously association. They all knew of boxing. They knew Johnny Lewis, and they knew all the, the boys from around the Erskineville area and Newdown because you know a lot of those guys grew up there. And you know, I just happened to be um, a part of that at the time. So yeah, it was massive. Yeah, it was. It was it was crazy. They ever ask you to go and get a few bucks for them that they couldn't get back, or we'll just send around the world champ to go and go and find uh, it? <laughs> they, they, they definitely didn't need me, mate. <laughs> they definitely they, they, they had a couple of things in their hands that much were much more powerful than my hands. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm gonna yeah. skitch a band weight on you. That'll scare you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. So what what do you what do you reckon's gonna happen uh, with boxing in the future here? Because it seems to be growing. I think with Matchroom coming out to do some stuff, there's gonna be a few more eyes. We've got actually some top ranked fighters here that are doing pretty well right across the board. The girls as yeah, well, we obviously. Yeah, so wow. like it's, Taylor it's, Robinson, Beck, yep. Beck Hawker, these girls are crazy good. And look, listen, we've got so many, you know, talented boys as well. And, and like I said, it, it's just crazy. Like Harry Garside, Brock Jarvis, you know, Tim Zoo. I mean, like, you know, Tim's a huge chance of upsetting Charlo. I mean, I can't wait. I'm doing a commentary over there for that. I'm just, you know, I'm so excited there because, like I said, don't, you know, people are writing him off already, but, yeah, don't write him off, you know. And forget about being the son of, of greatness. This kid is great himself. He's got a great eyes, got a great time. He's He's very, very special, Tim is, and them. I'm looking forward to it. Like I said, then we've got amazing promoters in the country. Yeah, we've got, like I said, we've got Eddie Hearn that's joined, but we've got Ian's Carlo in Brisbane. We've got, yeah. you know, we've got, you know, um, yeah, we've got Matty Rose who's yeah. doing shows that are so good. It's amazing. It's, it's crazy. And boxing's at, like I said, at an all-time rate. And you've got to say, you know, Fox and, and main event, those people, Steve Cawley and the guys out there that, that have, you know, yeah, I don't say taking a gamble, but hey, boxing's never been a gamble. Boxing's always been the, the, the sport that makes more money than any if it's going good, you know? And now on the other side with UFC, we've even got a champion there. Now pound for pound king, Alexander Volkanovsky, world champ and pound for pound. Great ambassador, great guy. I, I know him well in there. Number one, how good is that? Huh? That's oh. crazy. It's, yeah. From this little nation of Australia, we've got some we've got some great fighters. There are paths you can go down if you've had a good career, like yourself. Obviously, into commentary now. Are you enjoying that? Yeah, I love it. I, I love looking at them. Some people get a little cranky at me because I, I just tell the truth. You know, some <laughs> of the fighters, you know, man. It's, 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 I think somebody needs if my if my fighter fights and he loses, I don't want him to get no decision. I don't want no. If they're not good enough to to win, they're not they're not good enough. I know how hard it is, how much work these fighters put in and yeah, then, then, then it's just bought by these and I'm going to say this by these judges who know sweet F all and I, I can't believe that it's the only industry in the world where you can make a mistake one week you'll work the next week you make another mistake and listen some of these guys are incompetent some of these guys obviously are doing what they think they, uh, they've got to do to keep their job they look after the promoter or whoever it may be but listen just Put all that aside and just look at red and look at blue, the corner, and think one of them's your son or somebody else's son who's been out there, rain, hail, and shine, running and training and punching the head. Just give him a fair go. That's all I want. That's, that's, that's what I want for boxing. You can speak on experience with that, as in the famous draw of all time. So, yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah, yeah, like again, like I said, um, you know, I trained all, all my life to to to, to do what I done, and then you know, I had I had a couple of guys who. Again, who are corrupt. You know, listen, Don King takes him there, he, he winds him, he dines these guys. I fight Don King's fight. You know, we 10 rounds out as well. I still don't get a decision, but that's boxing. I mean, I'll go, I've learned to live with it. I've lived with it now. And yeah, like I said, and you, you might see in the next month, uh, the WBC is going to do something very, very special for me over in Acapulco, Mexico. So um, oh, awesome. you'll, be hearing, you'll be hearing something very, very special very soon. That's really, really good. So we're looking forward to that. I can't wait yeah. to see what happens there because it's what you do when you're one of the greats. Actually, um, 
I was watching some of your old fights too, and one thing that I did laugh about that I actually did have a note here to ask you about, because um, obviously back in the day, it's funny because you f- sort of forget with the nostalgia until you go back and you see either stuff in the 80s and the 90s, even brands I'm talking about. And I saw obviously yep. back then it was Sky Sports, right? Not Fox Sports, yep. it was Sky. And I saw you had a fight. I think I was watching your top 10 knockouts actually, and it was number 10. You had Sky shaved into the back of your head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Sky oh, Channel, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I was employed by them. Yeah. I worked at my unboxing show with Maddie Brooks there. So, yeah, and um, if you're going to give me a little couple extra thousand dollars put a little thing in my head, I'll do it any day. <laughs> I wish I had enough here today to keep doing it. <laughs> I could see you with uh, with Fox Sports or Main Event there back in the in the back now. That'd be good. Yeah, yeah well, like I said, it's all about yeah, making the most of what, what you can make, you know. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think George has obviously done that with the rematch, so that's probably why that's in there too, hey? Like, if he thought maybe, I don't know, just to, to try and top it up while he can. So that, that hopefully that'll come off good for him in the next well, one. Well, I said, listen, listen, it's a tough fight for George. When you watched what happened in the first fight, I mean, yeah, but listen, anything can be changed. It's just, you know, it's how, how bad you want it. If you, if you prepare to take risk for reward, and, and, and I honestly believe George will do that. Yeah. I really do, and um, you know, I'm, um, you know, um, yeah, and I, and I hope he does. Like I said, um, the, the the more that George does for our sport, the more he wins, the better our sport is, the stronger it is international. And what he done, like I said, what he done against Fernando Lopez was quite um, incredible. And now that saying all these excuses that the female had all these things wrong with him, now listen, um, if, if if that was the case, um, I don't believe one bit of it. The, you know, he beat the, the best to female that he could on that night, that, and that's all you can do. Yeah, that was an unbelievable night. But we look forward to seeing uh, Brock do some business and, and getting up there. And uh, obviously you got Huss Hamden as well in the Fennec ranks, which is good. He's yeah, been I've fighting got, well too. He, you know, he's getting better and better. And I've got big Jackson Murray who's going to shock the world. Mate. He's going to uh, be um, a very, very special heavyweight. He's getting better and better, getting stronger. And, yeah, he's going to be uh, with the, he'll be without doubt the fittest heavyweight in the world. I know that. He's trying his backside off with me. That's what the the younger, well, the lighter guys do, which is a lot of hard work. And uh, yeah, so I'm very excited for all, the, all my boys. And, uh, I've got yeah, uh, Kate McLaren, the, my only girl I train at the moment. But uh, yeah, you know, so it's exciting, you know. And I've also listened. I'm training Graham Abbo Henry's daughter, and Lauren. And um, yeah, she wants to have a fight. So we just wait and see what happens. But look, I'm enjoying what I'm doing. I love giving time, trying to give my knowledge to these uh, people. So I'm yeah, really excited. Well, we look forward to seeing uh, all of that unfold. I look forward to seeing what unfolds in Acapulco, Mexico for you with the WBC. Yeah, it's going to be special. I'm sure that, uh, yeah. <laughs> look, we really appreciate your time here on the Punch Podcast today. Obviously, you need no introduction or wrap-up as well. You, everyone knows Jeff Fennick, and I think your insights are amazing, and we look forward to hopefully one day, if, if, if the time's right, we can we can get you back on again and keep up to speed with what's happening in the sport because your passion of and your knowledge of it's unparalleled so that's what that's what we do here <laughs> well well mate yeah, you got my number now you it's it's it, there for you whenever you need me so thank you so much for your time thank you for supporting young brock and thank you for what you do for the sport of boxing in general it's really important just checking that message when i need you is 2 a.m when i'm loose at a club and need to get home you're up for a lift is that what we're saying yeah i'm there yeah. for you mate <laughs> I'll, you. I'll, I'll send you a car my friend <laughs> I'm not driving you. I'll send you a car. There you go. <laughs> Jeff Fennick, appreciate you on the Punch Podcast, buddy. Thanks, matey. Bye. Well, there he goes. One of the greatest to ever do it, not only in Australia, but world boxing, an icon of the sport, and a pleasure to have him right here on the Punch Podcast today. You can follow Jeff on Instagram as well. I'm sure he's got Facebook too, but it is Jeff Fennick underscore WBC, as he says on his page, the official Instagram page, a three-times world champion of boxing, Hall of Famer, 
Jeff Fennick. There you go. And that is me done, dusted for today. But keep it here. Subscribe, like, leave a comment. It'd be a huge favour if you could do that. It does actually go a long way. Even before starting this podcast, I didn't realise what your comments and likes do for a podcast. So if you can do that... I would love you because I do have some big names lined up ready to go, uh, including Stevie Spark. He signed a match room. I'm not sure if you've seen that on his Instagram. This guy is uh, is doing things, let me tell you. And the good news is he's got a huge announcement and we're lined up and good to go. The second it can be released to your ears, I will tell you and I'll get Stevie on to do it himself. How's that? Is that a deal? Done. That is the Punch Podcast for today. I'll see you next time. <laughs>